Hello, lost souls. This is Garth in the lost cabin somewhere in rural Massachusetts. This might be the last week for a while for setting a roaring fire as a brutal New England heat wave seems to be looming. Speaking of heat, I want you to imagine a fire, a white hot fire that consumes mountains of wood and glows from a distance. This flame fueled the Industrial Revolution, but burned too bright one night, and now is only a dim memory of bygone days. But we are here to seek out that ancient memory and learn of the Norton Furnace. This is Lost Massachusetts. Okay, take a right out of here. Yeah. All right, this is Lost, Massachusetts. I'm with my cousin-in-law, Josh, in Norton, Massachusetts. And we're headed over to uh, Eddie Street. He's going to help me um, find this supposed location. And uh, I'll explain later what this, what this place is that we're going to. So my friend's building that house right there. Oh, that's cool. A brand new place on the, on the reservoir. We're driving by the uh, the Norton Reservoir, a lovely area uh, with lots of uh, lots of pleasure boating and fishing and whatnot. Okay, so the dam over here is that controls the access. Oh wow, I think that was built in the 19th century. I think it's a fairly old dam. Yeah, I'll show you kind of like a shorter way to get the Okay. All right, no, Josh is sending me on a shortcut. He says this is the faster way to go. Uh, he's taking me down the back roads to our destination. Uh, the, 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 the places I'm talking about were torn down a long time ago. This is a more recent building, even though it's ugly and nasty and being ripped down. What was, what, do you know what this was? It's like a textile mill. Textile mill, that makes sense. And it's right on that river, so at first I thought yeah. that's what you were talking about. No, that place is much more recent than the place we're looking for. Yeah, we're approaching Town Hall and actually crossing through Wheaton College campus onto our destination. Bearing left at the Y and getting into the left-hand lane. And this, uh, this church may or may not be an important landmark. I'll know as we go by. Yeah, still are. And now we're on 140 South. This looks like a very kind of historic part of town. Yeah, to your point, you're headed towards Taunton, so yeah. this is like almost right on the Taunton line. It is, it looks like uh, it's right next to Taunton. Like literally right before the Taunton, entering Taunton sign, we're turning right onto, is this Eddie? Yeah. This is Eddie Street. Yeah, so technically we've reached our, our destination and it's just, it's, it's kind of a quiet road. There are some houses, uh, but they're, they're, it's mostly woods. And I'm uh, gonna turn around and head back because I did see something on the map that would be uh, part of what we're looking for. And off of Eddy Street, we just crossed over the brook that is part of where 
some of the mills and the factories would have been in this area. And now we, have, we found an old hiking trail just off the road. I mean, this is where the adventure and discovery begins. We'll see what it says. And now you can see where the water runs through from both sides. Um, I mean, you know, don't see anything yet that would look like anything that would be a factory. Uh, there's not much left here, but definitely the, the, the earth here has been manipulated. And there's actually part of a stone wall right there. Let's check that out. Yeah. Yeah, this is a laid stone wall. You can see right here, these pieces were all placed on top of each other. So this was part of some kind of building right here. Yeah. What do we know about some of Norton's basic history? Norton was once part of Taunton, Mass, but became its own breakaway town in 1711. Then part of Norton broke off to create the town of Easton. Norton also absorbed part of Stoughton in 1753 and sectioned off a portion that became Mansfield. Most of the town was engaged in farming. There is sparse information about earlier native settlements in the period documents I used for this material, but settlers noted what they believed were seasonal fishing and camping by the Poconuckets people. The situation often led to a contention as the English would settle in one spot while many native peoples would shift seasonally. This would create situations where the English would claim the land was abandoned and local tribes would consider their land to be stolen. It's speculated the area could actually yield interesting archaeology. One lasting piece of the older past is Bay Street in Norton, which is a major road through town. Bay Street was a trace an ancient native walking trail that became a colonial road and then a modern paved road. It's possible the area played a role in the King Philip's War with the area avoiding damage in the conflict due to the small early settlements and generally good relations with King Philip. It was also the home territory of King Philip himself. Of course, I have to pause for a moment to address the listeners who are wondering, who is this King Philip? And uh, what is this King Philip's War you keep talking about? Well, this is too big and too complex for a tangent. King Philip's War marks the end of one Massachusetts and the beginning of another. This is what I might call the big lost Massachusetts. The overarching story that needs to be discussed in its own episode or series of episodes. But back to the issue at hand. My original point is that in its early days, Norton was a quiet place. But this peace and pastoral existence would change dramatically with the march of progress. Let's find out what happened. Alright, this is the trailhead for the L.A. Foster Wildlife Refuge, and right here at the uh, at the entrance, it says former site of the Crocker Brothers Copper Works, 1825 to 1884. Using copper imported from England, Chile, and possibly Cuba, the Copper Works produced rolled copper sheets and used to plate ship bottoms. It also produced metal blanks sent to the United States, mint in Philadelphia, creating the large U.S. scent. 
This trail leads to the picturesque pond that supplied the copper works with water and a canal that transported water from the wading river to the pond, generously donated by Marjorie and Barbara Foster in 1992. So you think it's down there? There's a whole bunch of, these look like pylons that would go on the side of a road, like the highway, like old barriers. Um, and then over here is just some big old rusted sheet. I have no idea what it is, but it's really, it's heavy duty, whatever it is. Yeah, it looks like literally, I mean, we're at the head of the trail, but it looks literally like the, the site of the copper works was right here. Much of this area in Norton is now called Meadowbrook, which is a pleasant name that conjures up images of, well, a brook running by a meadow. However, this place was once referred to as Norton Furnace, and this was the actual name of the village itself. If you listen to episode 16 about Long Ditch and episode 4 about Waldo's Wharf, you'll know that the 17th and 18th centuries were periods of intense industrial growth in Massachusetts. The areas around Boston, well close to the shipping port, had terrible facilities for harnessing water power for various work. The confluence of rivers and several ponds near Taunton made this a perfect location to set up water-powered shops. It started with the Chartley Ironworks at Chartley Pond in 1696. It operated at that location for almost 100 years. There was a grist mill in uh, 1714 near Barrowsville. We talked about grist mills in the Long Ditch episode. And there was an ancient sawmill nearby as well. Also in 1714, Fulling Mill on the Goose Branch. Now, I imagine for many listeners, the term fulling is completely unknown. Fulling as a word has become archaic as the practice has died out. Fulling is the process of removing impurities from wool. Before fulling was performed by uh, mechanical water wheels, it was generally done by groups of women in small villages, in particular, Scottish villages. There is a very old tradition of singing songs to control the work pace as the women beat impurities out of the wool. All this work is done by machine now and completely invisible to us. A new iron forge and sawmill opened in 1718 at the reservoir. And still another forge with a sawmill and tannery was built in 1744. Other mills and factories located here included cotton mills, wool scouring, a friction match manufacturer, and there were also several other industries located in the area, smaller factories and businesses that supported the larger operations. Many of the enterprises modernized and expanded over the years. However, the largest of these was the Crocker Copper Rolling Smelter Operation, called, of course, the Copper Works. The Copper Works was, in fact, involved in making U.S. currency, making pennies. 
But what of the people who made up the village? The dense industrial activity drew workers who settled in the area building 25 houses. There was a store, a tavern, a post office, and the entire area was served by railroad lines and extensions. This side of Norton became very different from the other side of Norton's farming community. Try and imagine this now quiet area being quite different in days gone by, with a patchwork of industrial buildings, lots of noise, and dozens of people moving about constantly. I wonder if this was a narrow gauge railway. Maybe this was uh, maybe this was for a small rail car. Yeah, to get the copper in and out or get some kind of supplies in and out. Because why else would it be raised up like this on both sides? And so the property is crisscrossed with stone walls. And I'm walking by a couple of old cellar holes that trees are growing out of now. So clearly this probably was some early settlement who lived here. We're going to have to do a little digging to find out but certain parts of this are flat and could have been farmable and there's definitely this water source nearby it would be a good spot to put up a settlement and now we've just found three giant um, metal cylinders I have no idea I mean it's some kind of industrial equipment I don't know if it's related to the original copper works or if it's something that came later but this is this is definitely really old industrial equipment could have just been that dumped right here, here. That looks like yeah let's take a look at that there's another piece of rusted metal here um, it could be just a bucket a cooking bucket somebody left another time but we're climbing up the top of kind of I don't know, a debris hill of stone that may have been part of something and we're noticing that the uh, the water here either looks like it was intentionally dammed at some point. It's almost cut into like a perfect uh, right angle. Oh, and there's some more junk over there. Yeah. This this is and this is an easy hiking trail. I mean, it's definitely laid out and preserved to be a trail. I mean, it's uh, you know uh, anybody with even moderate hiking walking skills will be able to come to this path. To all persons to whom these patents shall come, be it known that I, A.A. Lincoln, of Norton in the county of Worcester and the state of Massachusetts, have produced a new and original design for a ship's caboose, and I hereby declare that the said new design is fully described and referenced in the following documentation and accompanying drawings, to which reference is here and after made. So, this is from the preamble of a patent application by A.A. Lincoln for a ship's caboose. Who was A.A. Lincoln and what's a ship's caboose is part of our story of this area. A.A. Lincoln was the founder of the furnace that gave the Norton Furnace area its name. Ains Lincoln built 
the iron casting facility in 1825. And what did he build at this facility that was so interesting? Well, it was called the ship's caboose. And I know you might imagine what a caboose is, but this invention actually has nothing to do with trains. So what is a caboose stove? A caboose stove is a special stove built for a merchant ship. Why does it need to be special? Why file a patent on a special design? For one, the stove had to be fireproof. Most ships during this period were made of wood. The demands for cooking on board a ship are enormous with these historic vessels carrying dozens or even hundreds of sailors. The stove on a ship had to be fuel efficient so as to reduce the amount of overall material on the ship. And finally, the stove had to be constructed so that its components did not slide or go flying around while the boat pitched on ocean waves. The budding American shipping industry depended on the convenience of such equipment, and this helped drive Massachusetts products all over the world, and it was built right here in Norton. But what of the copper works? The Copper Works was an expansion of a much larger operation based in neighboring Taunton. Samuel Crocker, with his brothers, started an ironworks in Taunton that supplied railroad equipment. At one point, Crocker was even president of the Taunton Locomotive Manufacturing Company. Just like Lincoln supplied the shipping industry with stoves, Crocker supplied the railroad industry with cars while also supplying the U.S. economy with raw copper cutouts for the penny. They also ran a nail factory. Many an old building today probably has a crocker nail in it or two. Norton was a place with industries that fed other industries. So then what happened to the copper works and the iron works? As you drive through these quiet residential streets, it may be hard to imagine a place checkered with factories where none exist today. So where did they go? As with anything in history, there can be dramatic changes and slow, subtle changes that converge to transform an area. The original need and development of this area was all about the water flow. The water power that drove America's early industrial development shifted rapidly to steam power, electrical, and gas or oil-powered machinery. Having a factory on a river was certainly convenient, but it did not provide enough power consistently. The development of steam engines meant that factories didn't have to be on rivers anymore. The size and technical workings of the machinery itself left many older factory layouts and locations obsolete. It was a common experience for factories in the period to burn down, and several of the businesses around Norton did burn, and when this happened, they just relocated. The people went where the work was and a once bustling area became quiet again. I want to thank my cousin-in-law, Josh, for joining me on this exploration as knowledge of the area helped. Hang on after the commercial, and we'll give you directions to the Copper Works and Norton Furnace. Enjoy your explorations. Directions to Copper Works and Norton Furnace. 
Norton Mass is between Taunton and Attleboro. The easiest way to get to the area we're discussing is to take Interstate 495 to Route 140. Route 140 South is Mansfield Ave until you hit Wheaton College. Once you cross Main Street, which is also Route 123, you'll be on the Taunton Ave portion of 140. Copperworks is actually a current feature on the map. It's still the name of the area. It can be found along Taunton Ave and Norton between Eddy Street and West Main Street. Taunton Ave here, as we said, is 140. The factory buildings of the Copper Works were located roughly between Woodward Street and Faith Street. The Wading River cuts right through this space, and this is where you'll find the L.A. Foster Wildlife Refuge. Look for the small parking area and trail kiosk. The total length of the trail is about a mile and a half. It's not a loop, it's a dead end, so you'll have to turn around. This is where you will find the remains of the industrial buildings that we mentioned. These remains were easy to find. Uh, sometimes we spend hours trying to look for some lost place, but this took my cousin and I about five minutes. The Norton Furnace neighborhood is completely different from the Copper Works. It just happens to be very close to the Copper Works. This is also on Taunton Ave, as mentioned, and it's now called Meadowbrook. And if you pass Meadowbrook Lane driving south, you are generally in the Norton Furnace Village area. The old area technically ends at the intersection of Taunton and Eddy Street. If you continue on 140 past Eddy Street, you are now in Taunton and not Norton. This is a developed residential neighborhood now. Unlike the Copper Works area, it does not have hiking trails or open space. If there are any remains of the Norton Furnace, they're on private property. If you drive up and down Taunton Ave, you'll pass over two waterways, the Wading River, which powered the Copper Works, and part of this river is actually a man-made ditch. The other river is Meadowbrook for the Norton Furnace area. It was at the time called Birch Brook. You'll also pass over the railroad. Just before the Meadowbrook itself, there is an old service road that goes down to the tracks. There was an ice house or ice works here at the turn of the century. Off of Meadowbrook Lane, you'll find Old Taunton Ave, which also dead ends at the railroad, and this was probably an old industrial road too. One additional note, there is a section of nearby Easton Mass that is also called Furnace Village, and this is completely different from the Norton Furnace. So that's a lot of detail. I'm going to link to three historic maps at least, in the show notes that show this portion of Norton from different periods. So take these maps and lay them over your modern maps and many of the current roads will match up. Okay, happy exploring. Thanks for joining us on this journey into Norton's industrial past. In a different episode, we will return to Norton and Taunton to try and explore the epic of King Philip's War. Next time, we will be stomping through the woods to find a lost town 
that was even considered a phantom village when people actually lived there. Until then, this is Garth in the Lost Cabin somewhere in rural Mass saying, it's always 1928 somewhere. Hey, if you like the show for some reason, there are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to lostmassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place and find out where to send us a lost postcard too. Also go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments uh, directly uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun. <laughs>